1: If it goes bad, right. just ameliorate. Right. It. Yeah, just right. ameliorate. Exactly. That's, That's what you got to do. When it's bad, ameliorate. That's what I say. It's a saying I got. It's a, I got a tattoo actually in my right <laughs> rib that says that. You and Kyle. Oh, yeah, baby. What's up? It's Chris Sims Unbutton. We are here. It is I and Ahmed Fareed. Yeah. It is a Thursday afternoon, which I'm not Weird. used to saying. We're thrown off still by the Memorial Day All week schedule. Up. But it's again here, the quarterback countdown. It's the gift that won't go away. It won't get out of your life. It won't get out of my life. Please, a gift. A gift with uh, a gift. air quotes. <laughs> exactly right. Um, and you know what? Yeah. Don't don't hate the list. Don't yeah. hate. Ameliorate. Ameliorate. Which I like. It, I, it's so not a part of my brain. I still can't even think of what it means. Even though we talked about it, I still don't even know what it means. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. And I guess Pete is noting here that Peter
2: King used it on a recent episode of
1: PFT Live. Yes. Yes. That's where I think it. I saw. Him and Florio, you know, like a you know monthly mash mash mashup, and and he said the word, and you know they're way smarter than me. So maybe he is
2: ambivalent. Who Say, often tweets into us? Maybe oh, that's just Peter King. Oh, maybe that's the one that used the word.
1: <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe you're right. Yeah, maybe, maybe that's what it is. But uh, what's up? You good? I'm good? Yeah. What's I'm going good. on? Ready Anything go? new the last few days? Nothing really? No. no
2: I'm getting ready for our next trip for baseball.
1: Cardinals Pirates? Cardinals Pirates, yeah. yeah.
2: We got Albert Pujols on the call. Whoa. His first time ever doing uh, any work in the booth, I think. Wow. That'll be cool. He is
1: not a machine. Well, we'll see. (laughs) Remember that commercial from back in the day? I still kind of think he's a machine. Oh, what? He really is. I mean, the way – yeah, Albert Pujols, I mean, not even think about it, Hall of Famer, legend, all-time great. And then what he did last year – Kind of, what What did he threaten, 700 home he came runs? came back, yeah, and he got right. it. It was
2: like, oh, he's going to have to go on a tear here, and then he does He went it. on a tear. Like 52 years old. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. Uh, so, all all it, right, so have fun out in Pittsburgh. Yeah, I've never really met him, so yep. I'll meet him, and it'll, it'll cool. be a good time. Should be should be hot there, but this, this list is getting hot right oh, now. Oh, it's
1: getting hot. It's getting so spicy. So hot.
2: Because now we're in, the, we're in the top 13, and I was like, I told you, remember this? A couple months ago, I was like, when we get in the top 13, then it gets spicy.
1: <laughs> um, we
2: ended off with Russell Wilson last time, so we yep. got five quarterbacks we're going to do today in two different tiers yeah so this is not all lumped in the same tier we got kind of two different categories of quarterbacks but we're getting into we're, we're getting into the the quarterbacks we're
1: like I, I want that guy right I, I think that's fair to say we're getting into the, the shirt sure thing and and you know I think we could probably say that towards the end of the I mean you know maybe not maybe not yeah it's Russell so Wilson kind of is the I think I think you're the into the you're right I think we're into the these guys are ballers. They're at different tiers of their ballerness, right? But all of them are guys where you go, damn, he's damn good, and he can do some special things mm-hmm. at the quarterback position.
2: Although there may be some people that disagree with you about of putting course. number 13 in that. Yeah, of course, <laughs> on all of them. But specifically on 13, just because of the way he ended the season last year, your 13-ranked quarterback in 2023 is is the Dallas
1: Cowboys Dak Prescott yes Dak Prescott you know again I got great respect for Dak Prescott I think you know that he's been a guy that I've I've had in the top 10 a lot right you know he's he is what, what I think what I would say more than anything is he is good at everything but not elite at anything you know, that's the one thing I think when, again, I love watching everybody back-to-back and doing that, that really jumps out jumps out at you. And then what I would talk about and maybe why he took a little bit of a fall this year as compared to last year, more missed throws this past year than ever before. It was not as good, not only from the missing of the throws standpoint, and again, don't get me wrong, we're getting context of Nitty Piggy. He made a lot of great ones too, but he missed ones where I go, you're just you're too good, you know. And, and a lot of times, like I told you before the podcast, they overcame some of this. They were so good offensively, he can miss a big throw, miss a big throw, and then they throw a screen to Tony Pollard and he get 40 yards. Or he'd miss a big throw and miss a throw, and then CeeDee Lamb was wide open over the middle for 20 yards, and we'd forget about it. Mm-hmm. Where I'd go, if he's on a lesser team, that would have been scrutinized more than he missed that second down throw or that third down throw or that throw for the touchdown or whatever. But I think that was the big thing, let alone not taking care of the ball, right, and Really, I think the other thing too to why he's thirteen. Why I'm just rattling this off. I'm sorry, I'll just keep rattling here just for a second more. Do you
2: forget the point of this podcast every time we do it? It's I don't like, know. Th- well, I want you to interject too, and I don't. Let's lay the lay the foundation. Okay, for I'm what laying. You think. It.
1: Yeah, yeah. So yeah the, the the um the other thing he did was he played not his best football in some of the biggest moments. I understand the Bucks playoff game was good. The 49ers playoff game was horrible the week before the Bucks playoff game against Washington was horrible. There was other games during the year where I won't say they were horrible, but I would go he played poorly that allowed another team to be in a game in the fourth quarter or come back and beat them or whatever to where you go it shouldn't have been that. Mm-hmm. And that's where Dak Prescott, in my opinion, Fell off just a little bit this year. All right. Well, thanks for taking a breath here, so I can get it. <laughs> You're podcast. such a jerk. So I think the narrative out there is that
2: that Dak's best days are behind him, yeah. and uh, that uh, that even the Dallas Cowboys social media account agrees with that because that is how last year ended. I, I don't know if you remember this. The Cowboys tweeted the actual Dallas at Dallas Cowboys tweeted out Dak Prescott gave the ball away twice in a narrow loss to the 49ers in a matchup the Cowboys had a chance to win if they didn't again generate self-inflicted wounds. Now. I will stick up for the Dallas Cowboys account because behind every account there's like a media team that is within every team and what do they get blasted for most of the time oh they're just you know they're rose colored glasses or right. yeah, just right. oh, be real here right. he, he sucked he yeah. threw the ball away and yeah like the one time they're like all right, well, be real he actually this is all factual he threw the ball away and then would be like oh you can't tweet that if you're the dallas cowboys account
1: i, I almost feel like that tweet came from jerry jones Maybe. like they literally went up to him and the jones family <laughs> and were like how should we handle this for our social media yeah and he said tell the truth you Back did this, yeah. which he's done before, so it, it felt like Jerry Jones talking there. But yes, they're paying him like a superstar, and he has not come through in some of the superstar moments. You know, not only this year, but we can go back to the Forty Nine er game last year in the playoffs as well, where they lost and they were the favorite at home, right? Yeah, and I think those are the things that are plaguing Dak Prescott and the perception around him a little bit. So he
2: was number nine for you the previous two years. He has dropped out of the top ten for the first time since 2019. So when Dak finds out this information, his day's gotten even worse. He had 15 interceptions last year, 23 touchdown passes. Compare that to 2021, 37 touchdown passes, 10 interceptions. Right. So this is what he said recently yeah. about those interceptions last yeah, year. Yeah, let's hear it. I didn't he, hear goes, this. he goes, when you went back and looked at the tape, you could see that guys weren't necessarily thinking what I was thinking, and we weren't on the same page. He continued to describe, when all 11 are on the same page and we understand why, the whole passing game is going to be cleaner. Now, of course... We got a new offensive coordinator in this year, Brian Schottenheimer. I don't know if that's a slight at Kellen Moore. Not Seems getting everyone like on the same page. Yeah, Mike McCarthy going to be calling the plays. I think right um, this right. year. So yeah, what, what do you think about that that quote? They they weren't on the same page. They weren't thinking the same things on the
1: field. Yeah, that, that you know that that to me does speak to the coaching a little bit. And that um, what what he would be saying in my world of ex quarterback and being around the NFL is that there was little details that they weren't on top of as an offense, where whether it was the angle in which you came out of a break in a certain route according to the coverage mm-hmm. and what he was expecting. Wait, you know, hey, again, like, a, you know, you, we've had this conversation before. Not every route is exactly the same against every coverage, right? There's little nuances to it. Where, oh, wait, I'm running the out route versus man, there's certain things about that and how you're being played in the man coverage that the quarterback might expect you to do. And now it's a cover three zone, and it's a little different element. Yeah. Now there's going to be a different way that the quarterback expects the receiver to run. It's the same route, but if you're not a trained eye or no, you got to know that there's a little different nuance there. Uh, yeah. That's what it sounds like
2: he's saying. I can see that, you yeah. know, but but Kellen Moore had been there previously for a long time, and I don't know why
1: this year would have been different I or agree. if it's just kind of the guy I, that's
2: not there anymore, we can blame him because I, he's not here. Anymore.
1: I, I, that, that's where my mind goes, right? Yeah. You know, that's, that's what I think. And, again, I, you know, I go, maybe there's some truth to that. Maybe there's also some saving of, a, saving of face there. You know, again, there's a guy here's a guy that's constantly scrutinized. That's the one thing. And that's one thing you heard me say, like one thing about a positive with him, and I said this to you before the pod when we just hit on Dak real quick, was that, you know, he's a tremendous leader for their franchise he is i mean he's made of the right stuff he he's he's one of those guys and that can handle all the bullshit that you have to deal with with being a dallas cowboy quarterback you know whether it's the cowboy fans and them always wanting more and expecting the glory days whether it's the social media shitting on you as you're the quarterback jerry jones talking about you sometimes and not going ways you know he doesn't flinch and that's where i do give him a ton of value he's one of the better leaders in football there's no doubt about that. But, you know, like I said, it, it's, it's when you break him down and start to get into it, and we hit on some of the play and the missed throws and the, the interceptions, and especially in some big moments, right? You know, but, but when you really get it, the arm is good, but it's not in the upper, upper crust of the NFL in that department. Same thing as an athlete. I would say he's a good athlete, but, again, not in the upper crust of the NFL. Throwing on the run, same thing, you know, Different variety of releases being able to flick it and stuff like that no he's he needs a little space and he's got an elongated motion when you break him down. you know same thing with arm power, you know it's somewhere between ten and fifteen in football, right. And then I talked about his release, his release time and all of that. You know, they're, they're all average. And he does. And, you know, he, he had a lot of fumbles this year. And you go back and watch. And a lot of it was because it, it does take a long time for him to throw the ball with a bit of a little longer motion that way. So those are all the things that kind of took a step back. And then, you know, we had some moments during the season where we talked about his mechanics, right? We, we've talked about this a few times over yeah. the last two years. Didn't trust him. He didn't trust him. He gets into some – and I've had these conversations with him in years past. He gets into some bad habits where once he gets going down that road, he, he can't get it back that day, right? Like the Washington game would be one of those days where I'd go look at it. I mean, he was leaning forward. He was pointing his foot like his toe – At you like he was a baseball pitcher, right? Which is, he does. He's the only guy in football that does that. Mm. But sometimes that can lend him to leaning forward too much. Sometimes it can lend him to, he steps with his foot everywhere and he doesn't get his body involved i mean you ever see something he looks like he's a uh, sword fighter yeah. at times what the hell they call that the people the fencer a fencer yeah. he really looks like a fencer sometimes yeah. right but because of that too it leads to coming he gets over the top of the ball and that can lead to the ball either going high or low depending on exactly when he releases it so those are all little things that i think affected him And, uh, yeah, for Dak Prescott, I thought it was a little – I mean, of course it was. He knows that. It was a down year for Dak Prescott. Yeah, the turnovers for sure. The 15 interceptions in just 12 games, the fumbles here.
2: But PFF had a stat here to maybe indicate that it was some bad luck involved there, too. His turnover-worthy play rate went from 3% in 2021 to 4% last year. So it went up, but not significantly. His interception rate, though, did double. Um. So maybe maybe part of it was just, you know, they always say variance and it'll regress to the mean, and sometimes in a football game something weird happens, and, yeah, you, you throw an interception through no fault of your own. Yeah,
1: no, I think there is some of that, but I'm not going to give him the excuse of that this year. Yeah. You know I defend quarterbacks when there's that. Yep. These were more of what I think a grading company would look at and go, oh, it should have been caught. When I'm going to go, no, when the ball's a foot behind the receiver, bad shit happens, and the ball might pop up and get an interception. Or – you know, just because the ball hit the receiver's hands doesn't mean he should catch it. If he's coming out of a break and coming downhill at a million miles per hour and you throw a fastball high and wide, and, oh, yeah, he touched it with two hands, sometimes those grading systems go, though that was a drop. And I'll go, no, that was a shit throw. That would have been a great catch if he made it, right? I think there was some of that. And then within the mechanics, too, of Dak Prescott, see what happens to him, too, and this is where I'll fault him a little bit. The ball is not quality, Right. The ball, he throws some hard knucklers when he starts to get into that. And it's hard to catch the ball like that. When it's a big, strong man throwing a ball at you that's big ball and it's coming at you at a high velocity and it's not really spinning or has this place to you know yeah. focus on the target, that can lead to things as well. So those are things that, to me, within the context of what you said – uh, would would affect some of those numbers and, and are a reason behind some of it, which is why maybe on the
2: I Am Athlete podcast, DeAndre Hopkins, when asked about the top five quarterbacks he would want to play with, your guy, your friend Brandon Marshall, said, oh, "How about Dak Prescott?" and and he shook his head and then he goes, uh, "Justin Herbert
1: instead." <laughs> so I mean, maybe that maybe that's part of it. Well, Not an Easy
2: catchable ball. Well, it, but you know, but I, the shine
1: is off. The I think shine is Dak off. Prescott. That's the point. I mean, I think uh, in the DeAndre Hopkins, I'm sure thinks Dak Prescott is good. You know, Brandon Marshall, all he does is interview people. I don't think he's watching film that much, okay? Yeah, yeah. So, I, you know, he, he's not into the nuanced stuff of yeah. that stuff there. You know, Dak, you know, there was some people last year on TV who came out like, he needs to be start talking about as one of the top quarterbacks in football because he made a fourth-quarter drive against the Texans. And I want to go, they were losing because of the Texans because of him. They should have been up by two, three touchdowns, yeah. you know? So that's where – You know, again, he's a polarizing player and he gets probably more hate than he should. And that's where I do think sometimes that can lead to analysts giving him more love to squash that. Yeah. And it's somewhere in between there as far as the truth. Well, there's a lot of emphasis, of of course, on yeah. the playoffs. And he has a losing record
2: in the playoffs. He is two and four. If you look at his regular season record, he's well above 500. Two and
1: four, and I would say out of the four losses, three of them were sure he was on the better football team in so lost. So that's it. So here are
2: the numbers comparatively, and, and, and the numbers aren't too drastically different. Actually, his interceptions per game, touchdowns per game, passing yards per game, pretty similar. Regular season and playoffs. It's just a, a matter of when those mistakes exactly. do happen in the playoffs. Right. We remember them forever.
1: I, th- I think so. That's right. It's 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 the this is the moment where you're supposed to play your best. You play your cleanest, right? We're paying you forty five million a year. You're the Dallas Cowboy quarterback. We're used to seeing Troy Aikman and Roger Staubach. When we get in these situations, we win. They make the big throws, right? And they haven't had that with him yet, other than one victory against, let's see, it was the Seattle Seahawks, and then I'm trying to think of who their other victory was. I'm blanking on who their other victory was. Mm. Oh, this year against the Bucks, Duh. Oh. Uh, right. Yes. So it's those two games. I and, know, then, and, then, and after that game, everyone's like, he's back. He's back. He's the guy. He right. finally
2: has figured it out in the playoffs. That was
1: the microcosm of the year, though. Yeah. Last game of the year, horrible. Come back, play awesome. Go back to 49ers, play horrible. Yeah. Right. Now, here's one thing I'll give them credit for. And, and, again, this thing goes into the leader, the man, how mentally tough he is, right? I said, he, of course, he, he took a step back in some of his play. There's no doubt. But I will say this. Even when you go watching those bad games, right, makes a few bad mistakes. bad mistakes. Man, my man keeps firing. He, does, he doesn't go, oh, I'm not going to throw the 20-yard throw here now because it's somewhat tight and I don't want to get blamed, mm. right? I love that. Yeah, so there's a guy that he's he's playing to win. He's not playing to then, ooh, let me get in damage control mode yeah. and make sure I don't make another mistake so I don't get get blamed by the Cowboy media. Even when he's struggling through bad mechanics. He, he he does. He does. I mean, he'll keep firing. He really will. And that's where I give him credit. And that's sometimes where it can go, you know, oh, man, now it was not a good day, right? Because he did keep firing, and it did throw another ball off target. And yeah. it can be, oh, no, it is two interceptions. Or, oh, it is three interceptions, Right. And you know, I think that there, there's a little of that. But at the same point, you know, he he's still really damn good. I think he bounces back this year. I'd be shocked if he doesn't. Okay, just knowing that human. Um, but it was a roller coaster year. There was some good moments, some bad moments. Uh, they let hang teams hang around too much, like I said, you know. And uh, it was not his best year as far as decisions and throwing the football.
2: He's under a lot of pressure. Maybe more pressure than any quarterback we'll talk about from here on out. Uh, Maybe to have a big season. You're right. Um, and and his head coaches, too. And so I think they're both – it's a make-or-break year for the Dallas Cowboys, which should make it very interesting. We move on to 12 now, as Chris – Flips Thumbs through his actual notebook.
1: One day he'll go digital. He keeps telling me, he's like, that's actually a good idea. And then he's like, but I'm not going to ever do that. <laughs> I know. I got to get like a, a new iPad and everything and just up my game in that department so an I can do Get iPad, get the pencil. You can write all your notes there. You can I email know. them to us from there. I even have a few coaches friends who do this now. So that's it's different and me.
2: Yeah. You're be, you're like getting into old man territory where like NFL head coaches, <sighs> historically the oldest of men, well, are now ahead of you
1: technologically exactly exactly it's, it's <laughs> kind of what happened right so the draft process you know I, as you know I got a few friends that I'm closer with than others and I sent a few notes on some guys in the draft right yeah And I took a pictures like I do to you and took sure. pictures of my whatever but some of them made fun of me and then <laughs> You know, I, I saw the picture of my notes on their iPad. They took a picture, and yeah. they were like, dude, why don't you just do this? And they did what you're talking about. So, And they were like, I'm and second of all, I can't read any of them. You know, I have no idea what you said here, if you like them or not.
2: So, uh, Luckily, I don't have to read these, but you have to read your own handwriting on your number I stumbled 12. last week. Yeah, I know. You had, you had some truth. You're like, what is this? What the, I'll just make it up.
1: Uh, number 12 quarterback is? Number 12 is Kirk Cousins, oh. Minnesota Vikings, quarterback of the Fighting Mike Florio's right there kirko chains as they call them nowadays that's i mean still what an unbelievable he's moment so this happy year. there
2: too he's just like shirt off chains on glasses on he's like i'm part of the guy
1: that's the first time in his career he was considered a cool guy on the yeah. team he was like look at this mom i'm cool yeah like he was me. like that kid in cool it just took 15 right? years in the nfl or whatever <laughs> it's been. Yeah. it just took a bunch of guys on the plane to throw some gold chains on me and yeah. now i'm cool look at this they said take your shirt off and put some chains on and now i'm cool yeah um uh, you know, hey, listen, Kirk Cousins, I got a lot of respect for his game. He had a phenomenal year, and I think if there was a headline to be read, I would go ridiculous, quick decision-maker and defense reader mm-hmm. and more aggressive than last season or yeah. maybe other seasons that I've seen altogether. So he was more aggressive this past year, you think? He really was, and he's, it blows you away when you start to watch the throws and you just – how many – Okay. We just talk about Dak Prescott and this is to me why he's ahead of Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott is a better athlete, has some things that are better, but Dak Prescott could not hit the mark on some of the high level throws that Kirk Cousins made as consistently as Kirk Cousins does. Kirk Cousins, I mean, you know, I challenge people, go back and watch him last year. How many times has he hit, you know, twenty five yard crosser, thirty yard post, fifty yard post, post corner for twenty three. Slot, just corner, flag route for 20. I mean, and it's not like these people are wide open. It's, it's dropping it in the bucket with touch. It's, oh, there's, you know, people bearing down on me, and now I just got to cut it loose into a tight window. Boom, on the money, right? It's all of that. So that's where he was different. And then something I told you that I loved before the pot a little bit, where he was different. You know, and again, he he needs a system. We know that he's not going to just going to make it happen all the time. Right. But where he made it happen more than different than other years, in my opinion, is there was a number of plays where in the past I would have gone, oh, there he is, Kurt's just working the system over here, and he's going to get the five yard completion. Whoopie fucking do, right? Where this year he was like, screw the play McConnell drew up. I got Jefferson one-on-one over here. I know the play might get me a six or seven-yard completion, but Jefferson's over here, and he's one-on-one. And my bet is he's going to beat him. And if he doesn't beat him, I can throw the ball in a spot where I know he can get it. Hmm. And that's, to me, where his aggression and their offense was more dangerous this yeah, year. Maybe he was given license to do that. I, maybe. And I think, I think there's some of that to that. I yeah. think everything I'm saying was a little bit more of a license to do that. An ex-quarterback, an offensive play caller, watching film with him, watching practice going, hey, dude, throw that fucking ball in there. Rid it, Let it rip. You're Kirk Cousins. It's like the confidence we talked about with Sean Payton. He'll give Russell Wilson. Yeah. Same type of thing. He I goes, think he so. He goes, you're Kirk Cousins. He goes, are you saying that in a good way or a bad <laughs> way? <laughs> he goes, no, you're Kirk O'Chains. You're not <laughs> oh, Kirk yeah. Cousins. Okay, it's and good. then he went, okay, you're right. I'll throw it to Justin Jefferson. But, yes, you know, I think it was a, – there's a ton of that. And it's, you know, not backyard football. I don't want to say that. But just having a little bit of like, hey – I got confidence in myself and him, and we're gonna make it happen. Let alone doing it a few times where it wasn't even smart to do it, but I still give him guts. Like, oh, the situation, like the Bills game. Old Kirk Cousins would not have thrown that ball up on fourth and seventeen or eight, whatever it was, where Justin Jefferson made the unreal catch. Remember that play? Oh yeah. He would have. He would have gone. Wait, no, he's double covered. I, I'm not coached to do that. This year, he went. Fuck it. I can throw it up there, and this fucker's going to go get it. I'm just going to put it up there for him. And it made them more dangerous, let alone his ability to work the system. So that's where I give him credit.
2: He's always been in this range for you, yeah, 12 through 16, and all of the previous years you've been doing the top 40. I've always had him as one of my most underrated players in the NFL, just because I think – His failures in prime time are, again, amplified. Right, which Um, is
1: overrated because, as we know, the 425 game has the biggest ratings of all, and he plays pretty good in all of those. So people can push back on that. I don't know. Sunday Night Football is the most important (laughs) game every week
2: in the NFL (laughs) with the most eyes on it. Uh, He was fourth in passing yards last year ahead of guys like Burrow, Allen, Geno, Trevor. He was tied for fifth in passing touchdowns. Uh, He led the league with eight game-winning drives. So fourth quarter team down. Clutch as hell. Puts him ahead, um, so I, I've always thought he is uh, he is underrated. But yes, he has struggled sometimes in those in those late night games when people are watching, and in the playoffs, just like Dak Prescott. I think we have uh, Kristen back there uh, graphic on his career in the playoffs compared to the regular season. Very similar. He's one in three in the playoffs. His numbers aren't all that different, though. And in fact, in the playoffs, his interceptions per game is a scant zero point three uh, compared to zero point eight in the in the regular season. So. It's it's four games, yeah. and so you always got to figure the sample sign. But, again, right. it's like he, he hasn't been able to do it in no, the playoffs. No, he, he hasn't. And the whole team hasn't.
1: No, you're while. right. There, there's a lot of reasons to that, you know, for Dak Prescott and, and Kirk Cousins for sure, you know. I do think it's, again, where they're throwing and their lack of high level sometimes just being able to make the wow throws and some of that is what hurts them or the backyard plays. You know, or some of that, because it's playoff football. It's just not that easy. You're going to have to make some, like you know, you, you said it. Like his interception rate went down by 0.5, but so did his touchdown pass rate. That's true, right? Yeah, because it, it, again, it's better defenses, right? The windows are a little tighter. You know, a 98 mile per hour might get in fastball in the, in the regular season might get you the touchdown, but if this is a different team. You got to throw it 101 now. Mm-hmm. And now, can you do that, or can you still be accurate doing that? You know, I think those are the things that would pop into my brain there a little bit, right? You know, but. I want to piggyback off of what you said there for a second because what is it? Like, yeah, okay, he's not a superstar. He's definitely one of the most underappreciated quarterbacks in football over the last few years. Like, okay, I know he's not a superstar. He's never going to be. But people talk about the Minnesota Vikings, and you listen to most people, and he's one of the first two or three things that come out of people's mouth when they talk about the problem with the team. And I want to go, like, my brain wants to go, are you fucking kidding me? Like, are you kidding me? You just said it. Eight fourth quarter comebacks. One of the best offenses in football. All the yards he threw for. They weren't a great running team last year. But a Kirk Cousins is the reason they can't get over the hunch. And I just, I don't buy that. Mm-hmm. It's bull crap. He'll never be a superstar. He'll probably never be in my top seven or eight. Never. But can he fort with nine to 12 forever? And can you win with Kirk Cousins? Of course. You know, but is a... You know, he's, yeah, perceived as a nerd, and there's not a sexiness about his style of play. You know, he will, if you give him a system and the tools, he will tear you apart. That's the one thing I know, you know. And he can make a lot of plays that are really special, good quarterback plays where you go, ooh, man, he was under pressure, or ooh, that was a tight window, or ooh, wow, what a quick decision and read that was to see that and do that, Right. But there's not a lot of, you know, wow factors or can go above and beyond, right? Mm-hmm. There's a certain formula in which he can exist and overcome. Like, he can overcome, hey, yeah, some pressure and, hey, oh, all this. But, like, he can't overcome, Well, the pocket collapsed so much and now you have to throw it over your, off your back foot and throw, like, strikes all game? Yeah. No, he can't overcome that. And that's where the top seven or eight guys can do that or throw a sidearm you know, through a hole when there's pressure like that, he can't do that. Or, yeah. of course, get out of the pocket and run that That's way. The limitations. And there's for sure.
2: limitations there. A little. It's it's almost weirdly like he is being penalized for being on pretty good teams it, and having pretty good seasons. Because I compare him to a guy like Matthew Stafford, right. Who went over to the Rams, won a championship right away, and so everyone dismisses all those years in Detroit as like, oh, he was just stuck on a bad team. He really was this good all along. I almost feel like Kirk Cousins, if you were to win one, he's what? He turns 35 in August, so the clock is ticking on him, although he's not in the clock is ticking tier here. (laughs) We haven't actually given the name yet. We will at the end. What a bad host. But I almost feel like if he wins a Super Bowl – I don't know if he'll get as much credit as a guy oh. like Matt Stafford, just because he's been on a lot of teams that have been pretty good. And I don't think people see him as the reason why those teams are pretty I, I good. I
1: agree. I mean, Matt Stafford, I don't even know if he still gets credit. No, that was an true. unbelievable Super Bowl performance. And they were like, who can we give the MVP to other than Stafford? Yeah. Right? I mean, again, you go, well, his performance is better than, like, half the quarterbacks in the history of Super Bowl that won MVP. But because it was Matthew Stafford, they just couldn't give it to him. Right? And I, you're, you're probably right, you know. You're right. He'd be the guy that they'd look for somebody else to, right? Or, you know, he's not with the Vikings this year. He's with the 49ers next year, and everybody would go, oh, it's the 49ers. It's Shanahan, right? It's just, he's always the guy that everybody's looking to blame or give the credit to anybody else. And it's not fair. I think it's one sexiness, coolness, whatever, all that. Two, I, I honestly think the good businessman has hurt him in that department. The fact that he was the first to ever get a guaranteed contract and get three years, $90 million, and he gambled on himself with the franchise tags and all that – I honestly feel like the public has held that against him because they went, oh, he's making that much money. He doesn't deserve to be getting that. No, sure. And I feel like that's part of the bad perception around him as well. Unless you're a guy like Patrick
2: Mahomes and takes a lesser deal, and then we go, oh, what an idiot. He took so much less money. It's like you can't win. <laughs> right.
0: You can't win. Actually, you
2: do win because you're making millions of dollars. Exactly.
0: Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable,
2: So that is your number 12 quarterback. You have one more quarterback in this tier, which I will reveal right now if you've been waiting. The tier is, what's your ceiling? Question mark. So yeah. these guys are good, as you've mentioned, a lot of good qualities. They're probably the 13 quarterbacks from here on out you'd want on your team. If you were building a team, you're like, yeah, th- that would be a positive for us. Right. Um, but, but what's the actual ceiling? Is it top 10 for these guys? <laughs> the guy that is just outside the top 10 for you this year was 21 last year. Was 26 in 2021. So he is ascending. Your number 11 quarterback
1: is? Danny Dimes. Do, 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 do. Let's go, G-Men. That's right, Daniel Jones, QB number 11. Uh, that was not intended to get a Giants QB at number 11 oh, like wow. Phil Simms who's wearing number 8. Oh, I think Daniel Jones should wear number 11 when they wear the throwback uniforms next year. Yeah. I don't even know why I said that. Daniel Jones, okay? I mean... Really? What a year, okay? I think the first thing I would say with my headline is had more – he he made more with less as much as anybody in football. That would be the biggest thing. And then the other thing that needs to be thrown out there, and you know I love this phrase, size is a skill. It is, all right? And what I mean by that last part is Daniel Jones to me is in a small class of quarterbacks in the NFL where – he can throw over the line of scrimmage. It keeps a variety of completions and throws still available to him that is not available to most quarterbacks in football. Hmm. And it's a short list. You know, I'm, I'm you know him, Herbert, Trevor Lawrence, Brady could kind of do that, right? It, it's that kind of guy. Is and, it just the height,
2: or is there more to it? It's
1: the it? height. It's also the height and the ability to raise the arm up and be like hey I gotta I gotta stand tall here and get my arm high to throw this 10-yard throw over the middle right there's a lot of that and that's not not everybody can do that let alone sometimes you got to do that with I can't step into it and I literally have somebody about to hit me in the chest and now I got to raise up to get it over so my arm is clean and I don't get hit as I'm throwing it but also can get it up over the top and don't hit a helmet or a hand or something like that as well. Right. And that, there's a skill to that. But then when I talk about, like, made more with less than anybody in football, I mean, come on. Go back and watch. I mean, they got – he's got games where he go, you go 10, 12 plays in a row where You and there's nobody open, and he's still getting completions or still getting positive yards, right? He's a high-level thrower of the football. When I mean like a Kirk Cousins, it's incredible control and accuracy. He hits the bullseye a lot on tight window fifteen, you know, fifteen and ten yard throws. You heard me say before he's the, the podcast, he's got an ability too where a little bit like I said with Ryan Tannehill, where I don't think he had a choice this year because they weren't open that much in New York, where you know, you he gets ready to throw and you go, <gasps> And he oh, gosh, God, good thing he hit the bullseye. (gasps) Oh, he hit the bullseye again. Where I'm holding my breath going, he's going to throw an interception. This is going to be a pick six. Boom, bullseye. Nope, not exactly. First down. There's so much of that. Or just the plays where I go, nobody is open. Okay, he runs and gets a first down. Or right guard gets run over and he had .4 seconds to look downfield. And he runs around the edge and gets 15. They could not have won and played the way they did without Daniel Jones' skill set last year. His running is in the upper echelon of football as a runner's, right? I mean, we know Lamar, Jalen Hurts, right? He's right there with Josh Allen and that crew right there after it. I think that's where he he's is. He's fast. I mean, you
2: look at some of those ball carrier speed numbers, and Daniel Jones is always he one of the He eclipses 20 yards. Once he gets going, running. I don't yeah. know if he's that, got right. that acceleration, but once he gets a full head of steam, now sometimes he'll fall down after 80 yards running. <laughs> the ball, but that's, that's part of the narrative there. with yeah, him. That's fine. Um, so the, the weapons that the Giants had last year, because we got in trouble last year a little bit of, of comparing him and, and Jalen Hurts. Actually, I got you in trouble. I led you down that road, okay. and, then, and then it blew up on the and internet. I, well, I just and said, they dow- I said so Philadelphia would be good with Daniel Jones, too. Don't, so don't take the bait right here. Right. I don't want to get you in trouble again. <laughs> but but the point we're making is, I mean, look at the weapons that, that he had to work with last year. Darius Slayton was his leading receiver. Didn't even get to 800 yards. Two touchdowns. Richie James, Isaiah Hodgins. Yeah, you got Saquon Barkley in the backfield. Um, but, uh, like... You look at those weapons and you say, okay, you, exactly. those are not, not not comparable to other teams out there. Maybe specifically the Philadelphia Eagles, but I don't want to take you down that yeah,
1: road. Yeah, yeah, but no, your point is right. You're right. You're exactly right, exactly. And that's where I go. That's where again. That's why I'm here to do this for everybody. I know everybody wants to shit on me, and that's fun too. I get it. Yeah, but I'm here to to tell you, like, don't just look at the stats and stuff. You know, you know. Again, the the context matters is when you dive in and start to watch it. You start to go, man, there's not much to be had in any game. And he maximizes it. I didn't come away from some of the games where he threw 165 yards going, man, he should have thrown for 340. Just just he missed throws and decisions and everything. I, I come away going, he got 165. He probably should have got 125. He made some unbelievable plays and throws that were unreal. That, that's where I think people are missing, missing it. Let alone, here's the other aspect that I value a lot. And I think this is where he made his dr- most drastic improvement. You know, the one we had the last two years. We talked about it, it's too much of a statue in the pocket, right? The strip fumbles were a problem. Yes. Sitting there, reading the reading. I'm gonna. The coach said to go one, to two, to three. His ability to go. Wait, one and two weren't there. It just seems a little hairy in here right now. I'm gonna get out. He, he's got the right touch there. So he he did a great job with that aspect. But then. The other aspect of, like, okay, wait, nothing's positive's happened. Nobody's been open. I'm going to force something to happen. I'm going to throw a ball here that, whoa, this is semi-reckless, but I I think it'll get us jump-started. And Dayball was amazing, and he was amazing and going, no. We we got a way we're going to play this year. I'm not going to do that. If we got a punt, I'm going to trust Wink Martindale on the defense. I'll get it back the next time and try to work it then. And that's to me where he didn't make anything worse, right? He didn't make any – he rarely put the team in bad situations. The Lions game is maybe the only game all year I can think of where he maybe put the team in some bad situations. Yeah. Uh, other than that, damn, like I said, I don't know if anybody did more with less than Daniel Jones this year. And I was nitpicky between him and Kirk Cousins, right? I told you this. I was like oh, going to go back and forth a little. But I think ultimately what I just looked at is I went, you know, Daniel Jones, like Kirk Cousins, ability to read coverages and evaluate is really high level. It is high level. The way he sees the field is it as good as Kirk Cousins. Maybe it's a smidgen less, but he's that smidgen that Kirk Cousins is better. Doesn't make up for all the other things I'm talking about with Daniel Jones. Yeah. You know. Daniel Jones, I wish he had more release points, but Daniel Jones can throw off his back foot and still throw a 20-yard out route on the money. He can do all that stuff, let alone, like we're talking, about, the backyard, the scrambling, the quarterback design runs, all of that. That, to me, is what put him over the top of Kirk Cousins right there. And, uh, yeah, I thought it was a, a phenomenal year. And, I, I, you know, hopefully they get enough talent this year where everybody can start to go... Whoa, okay, he is what Chris Simms said he is. Well, that's
2: the thing. He did more with less last year, but he'll have a little bit more this year. They've added Darren Waller, who Darius Slayton said, quote, somebody asked what an NFL tight end is, you point to Darren Waller. (laughs) Big, fast, and can catch it. Will he be on the field? That's a big question with Darren Waller. But they got him, they got Paris Campbell, who you've always been. Love him. He's another guy who just hasn't been able to stay on the field. Exactly. he has some talent. He does. And so, I mean, maybe, maybe this year. They they've surrounded him with a little bit more second year with Brian Dayball yeah. who helped. O line should be
1: better. O line right? a little bit better. Should be able to run the ball better, which that'll create some play action passes. You know that that's what I'm hopeful for. Um, but yeah, he's he is a uh, a more of a physically gifted player than he gives it credit for. Yeah. Got a little bit of that, you know, nerd label and the fact that there's no showmanship to his game, right? He, he is who he is. Kind right. Of, right. There's He's no not- – yeah, there's no cool sidearm throws, right? You know what I mean? There's no yes. highlights that kids can latch onto in the highlight world, and, and I think that adds to a little bit of a negative – feeling around him that is not deserved at the times. The coolest
2: part that he had last year and the coolest moment was he when he was in the locker room, remember that? When they were like, all right, we'll see you on Wednesday or whatever, and he gave the team a day off. Yeah. But I, I think it came out that actually one of the defensive players, I think Love, told him to yeah, say Julian that. Lo- Julian Love did. Said that right. in his ear. So uh, that's just not that's not his personality. No, right? that's not, not. He needed to be
1: nudged, nudged he there. Yeah. He's, he's still young. He but, is not. Yeah. He's, but like like a Dak Prescott, he's your perfect guy for the Giants quarterback again. That's where I get into it. Yeah, the dealing with, you know, Joe from first time, long time, WFA again. Hey, Daniel Jones sucks, guys. He sucks. You know, why does he suck? I don't know. He just, the Giants don't win. Well, the Giants can't run and protect and play defense, but we expect him to win. Like I said, I go to the Dallas Cowboy Monday night football game. I'm sitting in the stands and I'm talking to my son and my wife going, man, Dallas is better. Oof, man, nobody's been open yet for Daniel Jones. Holy shit, he's under duress every freaking play. And everybody around me, Daniel Jones sucks. Why can't and I? And I, you know me, I can't hold my breath I, or hold my tongue. I started and you look to look back, back and you go,
2: Pete, is that you? You're like, unbelievable. <laughs> what are you
1: doing But here? you know me, I started to go, tell me who he's supposed to throw there. Let's watch the next play. Yeah. You know, guy behind me who shit on Daniel Jones 10 times already. Let's watch it. Tell me where he's supposed to go here right let's watch the replay on the big the big screen where you know and i think people just lose sight of that stuff too much and they just expect magic and i'm gonna go man there's only like three people in football that can create magic like they're they're thinking he didn't throw downfield that much
2: last year we got a stat in here 4.9 percent of his passes traveled uh 20 or more yards downfield the only other quarterback below 8.9 percent uh was matt ryan he was over there at four um, percent but he did have a good passer rating when he did go deep it was he doesn't miss when he goes down yeah he doesn't miss when it's there so it's just probably lack of opportunities to do that
1: opportunities lack of the receiving weapons i think early in the year pass protection was horrible just like it was for for matt ryan now daniel jones looks where this is different and when i go again the context matter daniel jones was looking downfield Matt Ryan, a bunch of the times I was going, he was just looking to please somebody short get open so I don't have to throw the ball downfield yeah. underwhelmingly and have everybody go, whoa, his arm's not good, right? Yeah. Matt Ryan's career ended last year when you called him feeble on this podcast. <laughs> I was like, it's over. It's over. It's done. It is over. And yeah. as you're seeing right now, it's done. I mean, of course it is. But that's where it's not fair. And I think, too, early on in the year when they were getting situated, yeah, it was they couldn't, they couldn't protect. So what did they do? They ran the ball, bootleg quick RPO quick game throws at the end of the year when this thing started to they started to get the team and knew how they play and the line started to play a little bit better you know we saw some more aggressive down the field throwing you know again I go back to the Minnesota game on Christmas Christmas Eve go back to the Minnesota game the playoff game I mean there's a lot of like 15, 20-yard type throws, and they are on the freaking money. So I think some of those stats are skewed from the early part of the season and them trying to kind of work out the kinks and get things uh, going in the right direction. So the name of this tier is What's Your Ceiling?
2: I ask you, Daniel
1: Jones, 11. What's his ceiling? I think Daniel Jones' ceiling, I think, Oh, realistically, uh, top seven or eight maybe i I would say around there you know like has some physical ability to where maybe he could be better than that but i think it's like the other it's the things we talked about it's a little bit of the you know the sidearm throws the whoa i ran over here my feet are cockeyed and now i gotta throw halfway across the field over there it's that stuff that I, i gotta see to go Ooh, okay now he can go to the the superstar tier is me. Yeah. I don't, I don't. Can he ever be Josh Allen? No. I, I, don't, I don't think so as of right now. I don't. No. Josh Allen had a lot of these things in place already. It just needed to be refined a little bit and reined in a little bit where it's like Daniel Jones is a little bit. No, it's like the opposite. It's like, hey, we got to push you to do this. We need you to do this. You need to, Hey, you can do this, right? Uh, so we'll see where it goes. But I think Daniel Jones, it's all on the up and up. All right. So those are three NFC playoff quarterbacks from last year in your tier so let's
2: go to bet MGM's NFC championship odds right now as we sit here so it's the Eagles and 49ers are the top two and then you got kind of a question of who is the third best team in the NFC this year yeah I'm still going with the Cowboys so Cowboys are according to the odds the third best team plus 700 then you got the Lions there at plus 850 and that will always make me nervous Oh, uh, it's gonna be a bad year for me it's gonna be a tough year (laughs) until they actually do it and have success I'm gonna be nervous A lot of expectations. But then you got the Saints, plus 1,200. And then Seahawks, Vikings, and Giants. So Vikings not getting a whole lot of love despite winning, what, 13 games last year? Yeah. So you think it's the Cowboys, third best team? I
1: think the Cowboys, for sure. You know, I I think those are the only three clear-cut teams you can look at the NFC and go, those are playoff teams. Everybody Uh, else? I would agree with that. Right, you agree with that? Okay, good. So that's all right. And then the next group of, like, guys is just like hey, there's some potential and some things you like, but I just got to see a few things, right? You know, uh, Seattle, that'd be a team that certainly pops to me, right? We talked about their talent, and Mm -hmm. they've improved on both sides of the ball Mm -hmm. to where they could be a team that jumps certainly into that conversation. Of course your Lions can. We know that. The Saints are the team that I find interesting there that have such high odds. But I think, again, we kinda of hit on this when we talked about Derek Carr. The defense is really good. And that division is Exactly not great, right. So. And then, you know, you talk about Michael Thomas being back and the weapons and their O line was pretty good already. Those are those are interesting ones. But like the NFC is full of like <clears throat> potential or teams that are good that we have one prevailing question mark about that it's hard to just go, Ooh, they're gonna be this. The only three teams where you don't have those question marks are the three we talked about at the top there.
2: The action never stops at BetMGM. You can sign up now using the bonus code SIMS. Your first wager is risk-free, up to $1,000.
1: So say you bet $100 on Danny Dimes, a.k.a. Daniel Jones of the Giants, to win the NFC. If you win, you get $2,200, but if you lose, you still get
2: $100 worth of free bets. Simply download the BetMGM app today or go to BetMGM.com and enter the bonus code SIMS to make your first wager risk-free.
0: The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Dear listener, please close your eyes for this movie theater meditation
1: brought to you by Fantango. Breathe in. (sighs) Smell the fresh popcorn. Now exhale.
2: Open your eyes and proceed to the best seats in the house you reserved on Fandango. Recline. Now, download the free Fandango app for movie times, tickets and seats at your favourite theatres. Fandango. It's your ticket
0: to the movies. The Premier League is built on hope. The hope of discovering a new star. It doesn't take long, but don't. The hope of rewriting history and the hope of continuing a dynasty. Unstoppable
2: week after week. This is the Premier League on NBC, USA, and Peacock. So we close that tier. What's your ceiling? Tier is now closed. What's your ceiling? So Morgan, you can put that in ink into the uh, next picture Lock that we it tweet in. out and Instagram out. And now we go to two more quarterbacks in our next tier and this one is still a superstar question mark. Yeah. So these are two quarterbacks that you believe have elite ability, elite traits, but maybe still a question whether they can still be that superstar. Yeah,
1: I think that that's the the fair way to say it, you know. There's there's some specialness about this game, the, these these guys we're, we're going to hit here. No, and now with the number 10 guy? You're just going right into number 10. We're ready. We're ready. Yeah. Go ahead. You want to set it up? Lay yeah. it out there yeah. for the me. The number 10 quarterback <laughs> in the Chris Sims Top 40 quarterback countdown is? Matthew Stafford, Los Angeles Rams. That's right. Damn it. He's still one of the 10 best quarterbacks in football. Damn it. Yes, he is. His arm is still all-time arm. All-time. Right? Of all the top QBs on this list? No one was under pressure more than Matthew Stafford. Nobody. I wrote in my notes, out of the quarterbacks in the top 20, it's not even close when it comes it comes to the pressure and, and what he had to deal with. There was nothing there. You know, I talk about his arm. I mean, come on. If you give the guy just a little space, he can make some of the damnedest fucking throws you've ever seen in your life. One of the things that, you know, you heard me say just a little bit when we were starting before the pod that I threw out there to you. I am. where the hell is it? I they You know, uh, but basically, I don't know. I should have bullet pointed where I wrote this. Oh, but here it is. You know, I I wrote, other than Mahomes probably has more releases than anyone in football. I mean, that's the one thing you realize. It's just uh, there's no window or angle or people in his face where he doesn't go. I can get around that. I can get it through there. Right. It's a little bit of a gift and a curse. I think his arm talent and his toughness are a gift and a curse. Right, his toughness. He he he's Texas tough. I mean, he gets it's human abuse. You know, one of the things I wrote in my notes, I go the Buccaneers, the Forty – I mean, the the Bucks, the Forty ers the Cowboys game. I said it, it's human abuse. I mean, he's got no chance. It's like not not even fair, right? But and and to that, listen, he's tough and he wants to hang in there and make throws, but it gets a little stupid at times where you got to go like. And I think this happened where, like, Sean McVay had to protect himself from himself a little bit, and he had to start calling the games differently because he had to be looking at it going, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. So let me, let me speak to yeah.
2: that because there is a stat out there. PFF had him with a 31.7% pressure rate last season, which was about league average, actually. Justin Fields was pressured the most according to them, according to this stat. And then you had Daniel Jones and Taylor Heineke, um, but – yeah, he was, he was average, 19th highest in the NFL, but you don't think that tells the whole story with Matthew Stafford.
1: It doesn't. See, this is, again, love PFF. A lot of great value there. But this is where some of these type of things, they got to be unpacked a little bit, right? And here's what I would tell you. Because you said these to me before the pod. You know, I, I don't ever look this stuff up so anybody knows and looks behind our curtain. You, you just watch the film. I just watch the film and I come in and I start talking and you guys start telling me things and whatever else. Sometimes you have things that support me and sometimes you don't. Yep. But I kind of told you that and you guys said the PFF thing. And I said, well, okay, but that, I, I got a reason for why that number's that way. And it's more of what I just told you, right? McVeigh, okay, we took the drop back passes. And we took the passes, yes, the percentage is 31%. Yeah. But I bet you they called more wide receiver screens and things like this and just get the ball out of your hands quick because they couldn't protect. So that number and the percentage of throws goes down. So because all
2: those five passes were like, oh, he wasn't under pressure. It wasn't it was under like, pressure. Well, he wasn't under pressure. throwing it in at half a second. At
1: half a second, right. There's a screen to Tutu Well, There's a screen to Cooper Cup. There's a screen to the running back. It's a, you know, we designed a pick play to throw the ball to the guy in the flat, right? And then you go, well, there's five plays with no pressure. And I want to go. Well, yeah, but that's not really fair. It's it's almost a stat. So, yeah, it's almost a stat for the coach and not the quarterback. It, it looks like right. If your
2: quarterback's getting pressured at a forty-five percent rate, that's on that's on the coach. That's on at the
1: some yeah. That's because at some point there you got to go. Wait, we can't block. So yeah. like, it, it's not. It's nothing more than that. It's we got to. I got to start calling plays because we can't block. So I got to change it, right? But I think if we if PFF or anybody else went back and went back and went wait, let me get to the five-step drop pass game, right? Anything where it's not quick passes, get the ball to your hands after three steps, I would bet you his pressure rates towards the highest in football. I mean, it's, it's incredible. And like I said, the gift and the curse is the fact that he'll stand in there and, you know, you get into games, and especially in the fourth quarter some of those games where you just go, please just go down or throw it away and duck, please. This is like the seventh Mack truck you've been hit by on this drive, right? And you could see it. He's laying on the ground, getting up slow, just sucking it up. Now, the same thing can be said about his throws. He makes some of the most damnedest fucking throws you'll ever see in your life. Every game. It's unreal. But, you know, within that, too, you know, he'll make a throw where he steps up in the pocket, and he moves really good in the pocket. Marino-ish. You know, that's what I want to say. He's probably the worst runner in football out of all quarterbacks. I don't know. I mean, I'd have to go back and look. But he's towards the bottom as far as running and scrambling. But his movement in the pocket and sliding is really awesome. And, but he's got plays like, I mean, he's stepping up in the pocket, and now he's going down to the ground with somebody tight, and he's still going to try to throw the sidearm 20-yard crossing route. And he'll hit it. And you'll go, oh my gosh, that is Unbelievable. But at the same time, he'll get swung around in the 360 and then still hit the 20-yard <laughs> crossing route, too. And he goes, well, that was a pick six. He's going the other way. So he does have a little of that still. Yep. Not as much as he used to, but there is that element there that's certainly a, a little bit of a negative or the gift and the curse in that, that department. Like but we still need to appreciate his
2: elite arm talent because we're seeing something special every time. And, and he's my favorite quarterback of all time with the Lions there. I was like, this is the one good thing we got. But he had the elbow injury in training camp last year had the spinal contusion later in the season, only played nine games. And so, I mean, that is the question with him because it seemed like at a certain point it was like Baker Mayfield came in at the end of the year and was like, oh, is Sean McVay trying him out to be the guy next year? Is like Sean McVay sold on being Matthew Stafford? This year, next year, going forward, where are we with Matthew Stafford? Because yeah. I think a lot of people wouldn't be surprised if we found out tomorrow, like Matthew Stafford, all these injuries, he's banged up, he doesn't want to play anymore.
1: Yeah. Oh, well, I, I, everything I hear and what you hear out there, and reading the paper and all that, is he's as healthy as he's been forever. So that's a whole. That's a good thing, you know. You know the the fact that yeah, there was that thought out there. That doesn't change what he is still. You know, you gotta, again, that's a more into the the team. You know, I think if they could have got rid of Matthew Stafford and got substantial stuff and didn't have to take a dead cap and where they are, then maybe they would have tried to get rid of him and do that. You know, they're in a rebuild mode. We know that. Jeez, they're nowhere... What have you done for me lately? Uh, Wins them a Super well, Bowl. Well, I know. Right? It's just it's it's the way they built their team, unfortunately. You know, yeah. just like a Jalen Ramsey. I mean, Jalen Ramsey's still really good, right? But they, you know, it's, it's time to start new, and they don't want to pay him a bunch of money on top of that. So – You know, I I think that's where maybe the rubber meets the road in that conversation a little bit. But, uh, again, you talk about still decision-making is still really damn good, right? His ability to throw the football, like I said, is up there with anybody in the game. You know, his ability to throw the ball in the tight windows is is up there with anybody in the game. Big throws down the field, it's up there with anybody in the game. You know, awkward throws. I talked about the different platforms and all that. But, like, it's not just like, oh, he can throw a sidearm throw or his feet are cockeyed and he throws, like, a five-yard throw. See, this is to me, he's in the class of Mahomes, Allen, Lamar, and Rodgers, I wrote here at one point in my notes, to go, he can be awkward platform, awkward release, and still be accurate and powerful. And those are the only guys in that class, in that department, in my opinion, where – you know, a little bit like, you know, hey, he's he's got a – he's in the pocket. He's now had a move. His feet are parallel instead of at the target. And he's got somebody in his face. And he could – that group of guys can still go, I'm going to throw a sidearm and hit the 15-yard comeback over there. And they can still throw it with pace and accuracy. That is absolutely phenomenal. So uh, that's that's where I will stick up for him. And, again, don't take – Again, stats and wins. I, I look at some of those games like, and I just go, if they don't have him early in the year when they couldn't block anybody or run or do anything, they're not even going to be in any of these games. Yeah, He was making truly chicken salad out of chicken shit. And uh, I, I think, you know, they'll be a little bit better this year, but I don't know how much better their team's going to be. It,
2: it doesn't seem like right. he's going to have all that opportunity around him to, yeah, exactly. to improve to upon really, what they did last it'll year. It'll be tough. And like I said, I mean, you have him at 10, my favorite quarterback of all time. You have a current quarterback of my Detroit Lions at 17 and Jared Goff. I, I'm, I'm this kissing last your butt a lot here. I know. I like that you keep rising those guys up. But as I said last time, I, I would take, if, I, if I'm if i the Detroit Lions, I'd take Jared Goff this year just because of the unknown Health status, yeah. with Matt Stafford. I hear you. That's there. the only thing that would scare me there. If you told me that Stafford's healthy, he's what I've seen in the past, even though he's 35 years old or whatever. Right, I take Matthew Stafford, but that injury. I, I took it into account too. Yeah.
1: I, I did. I, I really did. And 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 he was one guy that I tinkered with in certain drafts at 13, at 12, at 10, because. I, I, The injury thing and, yeah, where the body is at certainly, you know, played into my brain a little bit. That's why he's in the still-a-superstar-question-mark tier because
2: we will see. I don't know if he'll have that opportunity to show us this next year. Right. But your next quarterback definitely will have an opportunity to show if you still got it. Your number nine quarterback
1: is? Is Deshaun Watson, Cleveland Browns. Yeah, there's some unknown. But let me just tell you what I do know. He's a superstar. That's what he is. He's a superstar who's rusty, and I'm betting on the superstar to come back this year. That's all I – that's – you know, he was tough in this ranking because, yeah, you go back out to the film, it's not all perfect, right? Of course, he's not perfect, all right? But the things he has to fix, one, I've seen him do those things at a high level before, and two, my experience of playing the position, being around the league my whole life and all that are just – He's just got to get playing, get back on the bike a little bit. That's all it is. But, man, like, Ahmed, he's, his skills and tool set is – it's superstar. And you saw this from last year's
2: film. Yeah. You're not going back multiple years. This is last year, his rusty year. His
1: rusty year. Exactly right. Because I still see a guy that, like, has one of the best arms in football. It's an elite arm. It's elite. Again, I, I it's in the class as far as if you want to – accuracy in a 20-yard out route, Josh Allen will throw it the hardest in football, and then the next group of, you know, Watson, Mahomes, Herbert, and that crew right there, he's in that crew of guys that that can hum it in there and still be accurate, right? So there's that. And then he's an incredible athlete, an incredible athlete. We can't forget that. He's one of the best scramblers in the sport. He's one of the best, like... Quarterback design run guys. I mean, that was a part of their game plan. And he did a lot of good things last year. He really did. And, hey, he had a lot of big plays and some things there where they let him down. I mean, he threw two touchdown passes at the end of the New Orleans Saints game that they dropped, and that game would have been different. He had a little bit of that in every game. I think they were getting used to him and and what he was all about and all that. But, you know, again, the things I saw as negatives. They weren't like, oh, man, he missed this throw or, oh, man, he's got a weak arm or, oh, man, he doesn't know what he's seeing. It was more along the lines of like, let me try to paint this for you, Ahmed. Like, you know, as a quarterback, you always got to kind of got the, you know, the fail safe or the got to have somewhat of a plan like, hey, if the shit hits the fan, I can do this on this play, right? Okay, you know, like beyond what the coach coaches you, right, where you go, hey, if if my right guard gets run over – what am I going to do, right? The coach doesn't always tell you that. You know what to do against yeah. a blitz or a check or whatever else, a certain coverage and all that. Yeah. But at, as a quarterback, you got to have like, wait, every now and then my right guard slips or just gets run over by Aaron Donald. Now what am I going to do? Am I just going to sit there and go, oh, gosh, Aaron Donald's running at me. Let me go down in the fetal position. I'm down. I'm tackled. Blow yeah. the whistle. Blow the whistle. No. you go. You got to go, wait, if that happens, what am I going to do? Where am I going to go with the football? Where's my, like, I can get it out of my hand quick or still find a completion or do whatever else? Those are the things he was off on. Or, like, just sticking on a receiver a hair too long, right? Wanting, like, hey, the play was designed for this guy. I want to throw it to him because this is the play it's designed and it's going to be a big play. And it's like, oh, no, wait, all right, no, you should have moved on already. You're a little late now, and now the second guy's not open and you got to run and do whatever else. But – those are things that I'm betting on. One, I know he can do. I've seen it before. Two, you know, I know he's a hard worker and all of that. And then three, he is a superstar talent. And I'm betting that we're going to see that once again.
2: Yeah, he may have gotten better as the as the year went on. He played only six games, won three of them, lost three of them. His last game was against Pittsburgh. A couple interceptions there, um, but did have two touchdowns. The game before that, three touchdowns, no picks against Washington. So did did you see that? Did did it seem like as the year went on?
1: Definitely sees the field more. You know, more appropriate throws. You could tell. I could tell he wasn't comfortable the whole year. Yeah, you could see he wasn't totally comfortable. But you still see throws and plays where you just go, I mean, you got to play against the Bengals or again, you had a few throws against the Bengals where you just go, holy crap, what a throw. You got to play though once where he's, you know, made three guys miss in the backfield and then he's got a guy hanging on his leg and he's like, you know, a little bit like we talk about with Stafford. Because Watson does have this too. We've talked about this in years past where just no play ever dies. Mm-hmm. And then he still throws the 20 yard crossing round, just throws it on the money. Like I'm sitting there watching that uh, two days ago, and my son is, oh my gosh, whoa. He's like, that's unbelievable. And I was like, yes, it is. That's what Deshaun Watson can do. And I think we forgot that a little bit. And, you know, again, he's got to knock some rust off, and it probably won't be perfect at first. But, damn, like I said, he's made of the right stuff as far as playing the quarterback position, and his talent's real.
2: Here's the offensive coordinator, Alex Van Pelt, who also hosts SportsCenter. Right? The Van Pelt show? At the end, <laughs> that's
1: Scott Van Pelt.
2: double. Oh, his brother,
1: I guess. <laughs> I don't think they're related. Although Van Pelt's not very common. So no. maybe there some cousins. My or dad played with the Van Pelt, too. Oh, that's so, right. Uh, yeah. Punter? Uh, no, he was a linebacker. Oh. And then there was the quarterback, Van Pelt, who is the linebacker's son. Okay. Who had a f- few minutes with the Denver Broncos. You really fucked up this Van Pelt thing. A long line of Van Pelt royalty <laughs> in uh, sports <laughs> media
2: and football. Uh, Alex Van Pelt, the offensive coordinator of the Browns, says, it's just his confidence in the system itself, understanding of what we're asking of him and how to communicate at the line of scrimmage, everything from protections to calling plays in the huddle. He said this to the Akron Akron Beacon Journal. He goes, he's improved tenfold since this time last year. So, I mean, you see it all start to come together, playing with a little swagger out there and having some fun. So he has seen it in OTAs already.
1: Yeah, they're saying it. There's a reason we're hearing rumors in Cleveland that they're going to play a different way this year, right? That they're not going to be so run and Nick Chubb and run and Nick Chubb. You know why they're going to change? Because they're seeing this dude every day. They're they're not changing going, well, he's not very good and we don't trust him, but let's open it up. They're talking about opening it up because they're seeing shit where they're going, we haven't had somebody that can do this. And we're paying them all this money, so we yeah. better ride them. We know that too. But right. th- that's more. He's giving them the confidence to do this. And again, I'd be shocked if it it doesn't go right for him in Cleveland. I do like their weapons. Yeah, I like their weapons. You got Amari uh, uh, Amari Cooper still. You
2: got Donovan Peoples Jones. You got Elijah Moore over there now from the Jets, and we'll see if he can blossom in a new right. system. Uh, Cedric Tillman from Tennessee, uh, who's liked a him. receiver that you liked. Yeah. David Njoku's a really good tight end. Marquise still, Marquise Goodwin, a receiver, right. and That's Joku, yeah, and then you still got Nick Chubb, exactly, and so, you still got a, a decent offensive line, maybe not as good as they've been in years
1: past, but, but still good, still yeah. good, yeah. No, agreed. It's 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 there's there's something to work with there. I'm excited to see what their new look on offense will look like and and how they're going to attack. But yeah, it's it's. Again, maybe there's no A-plus receiver there, but, you know, Amari Cooper still A-minus, and then there's a lot of B-plus receivers there, too, and, mm-hmm. and a tight end that's freaky in that running game. And if they do it right, they should be a handful to, to to defend. I don't know what their cap space
2: situation is, but, I mean, DeAndre Hopkins has been a named rumored out there. I, know. I don't think it well, fit him in. Get I wouldn't. Watson and Hopkins back together.
1: I don't know if I'd want to do that. You know, to me it's like you're just getting him comfortable and – He's the man, and now we're going to bring a guy in that wants to demand the ball and yeah. maybe more I don't contract money. know what the r- relationship money. was like, though. If they had a good relationship, that could help. I know. Maybe, it was, I think it was pretty good from what I remember. You know, DeAndre Hopkins does not have the greatest reputation around football. Uh, that, that's you know, I think there's a reason why you saw nobody trade for him. I think it's the money, injuries, PD suspension. If he has a good year, he's going to ask for more money. Right, I think all those things, is he a guy that's past his prime? It's year 10. He never was a, oh, whoa, he's going to run by you for a 60-yard bomb type of guy. In his prime, he was just good at enough of that to keep you honest in that territory. Right. He's not that anymore. I-, I would have a hard time thinking. And then if I'm him, I'm not sure if I want to go there either. You know, Like we're talking, there's still some unknowns about that situation there. Yeah, He's at a point of his career where – you want to su- be, win a Super Bowl and you want to be in a spot where you could be successful and rack up a lot of stats and do all that. And I'm, you know, I'm not sure Cleveland's the number one spot I would pick if I had a bunch of options out there. I mean, last
2: couple of years we've said that. We've said that
1: Cleveland, the talent-wise, maybe the best team in that, that division, right?
2: And they just haven't realized that talent.
0: The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters
2: On that tier, Deshaun Watson, the last quarterback we'll talk about today. We go eight through one, the next couple pods. So let's take another look. The updated quarterback countdown, top 40, with all the tiers in there. Still a superstar question mark. Morgan had to go font size 7.5 on that one just to fit that (laughs) in. Uh, What's your ceiling right after that? So Deshaun Watson's interesting there at nine because I want to bring up a name that I've seen a couple of the homies reference too that's okay. not in your top 40 that i don't even think we talked about in the honorable mention was the guy that that was playing for the cleveland browns last year and did quite well yeah
1: jacoby Brissett. Yeah, how close was he to making my, your list he was that that whole little group there yeah. like 41 42 I, I, I don't have my other notebook but he was in like this is my, a problem if you had I know. your ipad it i'll be there uh, you're right yeah. I, it, it's uh he was one of those the final 45 cut down right There was a time last year where we were like, I don't know that Deshaun Watson would be playing much better. Well, I think what we got is. Exactly. I think that's what we got. Like, is Deshaun Watson or Rusty hasn't played in two years going to be better than that, right? I think that's what we question, right? Brissett, high-level backup quarterback. No question about that. You know, but – Again, like you, I,
2: put, you put Mike White, you put Sam Howell, you put Desmond Ritter. Bursette did some good Brissette. things.
1: He also, when you went back and watched and I got into it, like, he did some bonehead things, too, that mm. cost them some games and some situations and things like that, too. I think a little bit with Jacoby Brissett is just like, I kind of know what he is at this point, and guys like Mike White, I think, just have a little higher-end talent and, and potential about them right now than where Jacoby Bursette is. Yeah, And I think that's the big thing. But it's not a knock. Jacoby is one of those guys, too. That like we had a few this year where, yeah, he might be forty three this year, but he could be thirty seven next year. I don't know. It just it was, like I said, that part of the rankings. There was more people than I had in more years where I felt like, ooh, there's more. 35 to 45 guys than i than i ever remembered and that was not an easy part of it
2: that's that's easy we'll just uh, expand it to the top 60 next year and we will uh put chris in the lab for a couple more months yeah thank you as the year goes on all right let's get a couple ask me anything questions to some of the quarterbacks that we have (laughs) talked about in the previous podcast we'll start with uh this one from orion chuzzlewit oftentimes commenter he is Hey, guys, it seemed like Chris put a lot of stock in Russell Wilson's body of work from years past when ranking him. If 2022 Russ is the real Russ from now on, oh. then where should he be on the list? Oh, that's a good question. So just say that what we saw this past year is what he will be from here on yeah, out.
1: Yeah, no, Russ is a guy that, again, I there was definitely maybe, uh, again, I'm not going to put it. I, I, none of this is all about this year, right, right? right? Of course, a lot of the stock is about that. But, yeah, again, I'm not going to go, oh, wait, he played at a Hall of Fame level for 10 years in a row and then one year had a bad year and now he's not a, a, a top 30 quarterback, mm-hmm. right? I, that, that doesn't make sense. But new information, you just
2: got new information, he is who he is now. The, what we saw last year will be what he is going forward. He was 14th on your list, taking into consideration his previous body of work.
1: Gosh, he'd be probably mid-20s, yeah. somewhere in there. I mean, really. You know, I, I think that would probably be fair somewhere in there, the 24, 25, 26 range, if that's what we continue to see from him. You know, gosh, I'm not even sure. Maybe a little lower than that because, like, I mean, yeah, he probably would be benched if he got to that, that category, you know, where, again, like, you know, Brock Purdy and Kenny Pickett, you know, they they probably saw the open receiver more than than Russell Wilson did at times last year. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, again, that's where – all of it comes into play. There was things that led to Russell not seeing those things where I can't just wipe it all away and clear, right? Like I've seen him do all this stuff that I've had questions before. It was a new team. It was a new head coach. It was a horrible offensive line. You know, he came to mind when I was watching Matthew Stafford because I wrote, this is the only guy I've seen so far that was really under pressure more than Russell Wilson, Mm -hmm. where I just went, every time it's a real drop back, there's an issue. Um, but yeah, I think that would probably be about the rangies in. L.A. Skis, L.A. Skis says, "Who's the lowest ranked
2: quarterback you can win a Super Bowl with?" Oh, and who's the lowest ranked quarterback that can be the main reason a team wins a Super Bowl? Man. So this is this is tough. Like, like for me, yeah, like I, I don't know. You could win a you could win a Super Bowl with all of them. Like I, I realize how how important the quarterback position is, yeah. but. I mean, Desmond Ritter, of course. You put Desmond Ritter on a superstar team, and like the way they're going to play and
1: run the ball 40 times a game. I'm I'm like you, and that is an overblown conversation, right? I mean, again, Jimmy Garoppolo at 22 got to the Super Bowl and was winning by 10 points against an all-time great with six and a half minutes left in the game, Mm -hmm. right? So that to your point. Jared Goff. I mean, if he throws the ball to two wide open post routes, they're gonna to beat Tom Brady and the Patriots in the Super Bowl. Right? And at that time he was probably low twenties for me as far as a quarterback ranking. Nick Falls won the Super Bowl. He beat Tom Brady. Nick Falls. I repeat, Nick Foles won the Super Bowl. He's not in the top fifty on the list. Yeah. He did not make it.
2: Maybe even at that time. Right,
1: right. I mean, there's a, so that that's where I'm not into that as much like Brock Purdy's 26 do I think they can win the Super Bowl with Brock Purdy in San Francisco absolutely right you know I think I guess I would say my my line of demarcation might be actually right around there though yeah I would probably say 26 or 27 I think there you know maybe an Andy Dalton I think where I look at the other guys like Birdie, Purdy and Darnold, I think mm-hmm. can make a few plays against the really good defenses in football that you'd have to face late in the playoffs. That could get you to a Super Bowl. Or I think they can do it. I think Jordan Love and Jarrett Stidham. There's something there. There's They're potential. Young enough, there's potential. There I just got to see those it. Guys. I know, but you're right. They have those type of ability to make some game changing throws. Give or them a, a good big team. throw. Give exactly. them a great team Maybe. Yeah. They need. There's, there's. There. I think with them, it's a little bit more of experience and things like that that I also would have to see to go into do it uh but but yeah your thoughts you know it's right there but I think that's probably around the general range of where I think about it you know everybody else yeah you'd have to be on a really really unbelievable team and it's the Ravens of 2000 and they can just run the ball every play and beat you six to three no matter what right I mean okay yeah yeah, if that comes around then everybody can win the Super Bowl yeah Mm -hmm. I
2: like the second part of the question though too oh yeah and and who's the quarterback that can be like the main reason so you have a team that's average a little bit above average but this player carries them to the super bowl and of course we haven't revealed our top eight quarterbacks yet but well all of them can all of them can <laughs> yeah so how far are we going into the quarterbacks that we know so deshaun matthew stafford daniel jones we're getting close there right talking about
1: taking it this like an average ish maybe a little bit above average so team. wait so and who's the lowest rank QB? yeah it could be the main reason a team would, I, I i will go lower than I will yeah. go lower than that. Really? I. Do you think Dak Prescott could
2: take a ish team, put him on his back, and win a Super Bowl?
1: And that's where we're going with the average-ish team. There, I mean, that's, he's yeah. the main reason.
2: Yeah. yeah, they're the main reason they're in. Like you'd be like, wow, Without yeah. him, they would not win the Super I, Bowl. I think he has the capabilities to do that. Yes, yeah.
1: I do. I do. Russell still. I do too. Yes. Geno Smith. I almost want to say everybody to the top twenty-one. Wow. I would even give two of that respect, you know, within realm. Yeah. Again, if he has to play like Josh Allen does in Buffalo, no, but you know, I still think like on the, yeah, the dolphins and how that's set up, he could still be the main reason. And if he grows and gets better in some of the areas that we saw him get better at and, and gets better at some of the areas I've questioned him about, I could sit here and say, Hey, no. Two of the team was awesome, and all that. Without him, they wouldn't have won it. Well, yeah, but his ability with quick releases and his moves, and man, he improved himself with like his accuracy on the throws we talked about, the deep throws, and hitting people in stride so they can run after the catch and all that. You know, I—that's—I'm I, not an unfair person. I—I I, I could go down to that range wow. there. Yeah, and then,
2: yeah, that's good. And so all the Dolphins you know, fans listening now know that you have a warm heart. But you would also say that, and I think twenty other quarterbacks could have won too. Well, I, I mean, I, I yes, yes, you <laughs> just, know. To, you know, only, just to bring it back.
1: Only, you know, I think if we're getting into like, you know, just taking some, you know, average or average team in the Super Bowl. Well, that, I mean, that, that's where I go. Yeah, that's where the superstars can do it. And yeah. we, I don't think I don't know if we've gotten to that list yet. You know, Watson maybe if he starts to be what we think he could be a few years ago, he's that kind of guy, but. You know, that's rare. Everybody else needs some sort of help after that. And clearly a team like the Dolphins cannot reach
2: their full potential without Tua. Right? I mean, that's the thing, too. It's not like they're going to replace him with a backup and they'll be fine. They're not going to be who we think they're going to be if he's not
1: playing. No, and a lot of what they do and all that and, and how they're formulating their plan is around what he does and what he does well, and it's making them dangerous, too. And with the personnel they got, that fits what he likes to do and throw and everything there. And... Yeah, I think there's definitely some truth to what you're saying there. All right, let's do a couple more here.
2: Let's do Sims in Sims Top 40. This is Jim Die. Oh. Jim Die. Okay,
1: I like the one above it, too. I want to hit that one after. Okay, all mm. right. Shut up. Uh, I, I love the pod.
2: <laughs> Where would you rank on this list if you were
1: still in your prime? So this is you at your Ooh.
2: prime, the best that you ever were mm. in the NFL. This is your you at your ceiling.
1: Where was that, basically? Where did you feel the best, playing the best? I guess right after my 2005 season, right? You know, we went to the playoffs. I think I had, like, five or six fourth-quarter comebacks that year. Uh, it, was, it was a good year. I was definitely going on the up and up there. Um, but so you were not doing the top 40 quarterback countdown I wasn't then. doing a quarterback countdown list at that Let's point. Say You were. But I was having Dan Patrick ask me about quarterbacks almost weekly at that really? point. Oh, all, all the time. You know, that was, that was where it really started. You had one foot in the media world. Well, he already. started to ask me about draft things. You know, that's, that's kind of what I did for a little while, even as I was playing. Like, Tom Condon, he'd vouch for me. Every year before the season started, he'd call and go, who's, who's the guys this year? You know, because he knew I watched college. You know, when I played, I watched college football more then than I do now. Yeah. You know, and when you're when you're playing, you can't wait to, oh, my gosh, we got a home game on Sunday. I can go home and, yes, watch some college football. And it was, like, the greatest thing ever, right? So I was all over that stuff. And that's what I do. And same with Dan Patrick. Dan Patrick, one of my first great quarterback evaluations, he goes, who would you take, Matt Leinert or Vince Young? And I said, Jay Cutler is who I would take. And he went, who? And I went, yeah. I said, Jay Cutler is the best quarterback in this class. You know, And that was kind of my, my first quarterback ranking yeah. there. Now, where am I going to be? I don't know. You know don't I, be humble either. I, I, but don't have a big head either. I feel like I could be right at I, – I think I'd go 20 right in there. I Man, I'm bigger than Mac Jones. I think I was a better athlete than Mac yeah. Jones, and yeah. my arm was bigger than Mac Jones. He's smarter. He's quicker decision maker for sure. I give him that, no doubt. But, yeah, I think that's probably if I was going to be fair there. I think I – if I got a chance to grow and didn't get hurt, whatever, I think I had potential to be more than that. But yeah. that's that's as far as that can go in reality. That's crazy. So you were the original Jimmy Garoppolo line. You were the original <laughs> exactly. just at 20 and then work from there. Is he exactly. better than Chris Sims?
2: Worst? That's the nexus of the Chris, Chris Sims, hit the Sims quarterback post route,
1: Emmanuel Sanders down the middle. Yeah. Okay. I just know that. Uh, all right, let's do it quickly then
2: two more because you want to do this one. Chris. Oh yeah, I thought this was Frank a cool Knowles. One. He goes, uh, "You're a quarterback coach, and you get to choose any quarterback from the list to work with. Who would it be? Your job is to improve the quarterback so that he jumps at least 15 spots in the ranking. If you fail, your reputation is gone. No more daddy cigars. <laughs> choose wisely. Love
1: the pod. I like it, Frank. You the man. Damn, no daddy cigars. That's a lot of pressure there. Yeah. Okay, so I, I feel like you can't choose uh, like the rookies are too easy. Oh, I know right? who I want. Okay. I want Justin Fields. Ooh, that's who I want. So he's at twenty-three. Justin Fields. I'm giving you the invitation right now. Here live on the pod. We can put it on social media. The Sims family would love to throw a Justin Fields. Would love it. Would love it. My dad has made comments about it, right? We uh, we 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 see the talent. Like I've said, I'm rooting for the human. I know people didn't like where I dra- ranked him and coming out in the draft, but like he'd be a guy that I'd go ooh. I'd love to get my hands on him, no doubt. I know my dad and my brother would, for sure. And I, I'm, I'm there with them because I think, again, he's got all the traits to be a superstar in a lot of ways. It's just the throwing, and somebody's just got to teach him a few things so he can let it loose, right? So that's the guy I'd probably come to more than, than any of the so others. He'd, he'd have to go all
2: the way up to eight. From twenty three to eight, if I'm doing my math correct, fifteen spots, or
1: your reputation is ruined. But you think you could do that? You I think th- he has that potential. I, th- I think he could do that. If no. he could fix some of the throwing. Yeah. Now I like Dak is another guy I'd like I'd look at, but I mean I you know, Oof, but he's thirteen. Go. I yeah, can't, can't make can't him negative negative two. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: Right. Although some Dallas Cowboys <laughs> he fans beats think all he's the
1: first two. ballot Hall of Famers. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think yeah for for the sake of those guys towards the bottom there. Um, yeah, Fields, let me just see if there's one other one that, that makes it. Uh, Jordan Love. Jordan yeah. Love's another one. I and, and, again, he's improved, but that's another one. I will extend a live invitation here Jordan Love. If you want to come to New Jersey or Connecticut and work with the Sims family, Phil Sims would love to work with Jordan Love. Would absolutely love it. He's brought him up, like, multiple times. Hmm. You know, that's what my dad and my brother do. They work with a lot of big-time college and high school quarterbacks in the area. You know, one of them is going to be the starting quarterback at Ohio State, Kyle McCord, who was the number one recruit coming out. Right. They're they're kind of looking for one of these guys to break into the draft and be a high pick so they can become, I think, quarterback guru type of guys. Right. That's a popular business right now. It hasn't happened. Uh, And uh, like I said, if Justin Fields or Jordan Love want to come and hang out, they, they can stay at my house and. We can have a a few days of of work and sessions. And shit, once you get that going, my dad and brother, the type, they'll fly to you too. And they'll start working with you in Chicago or wherever the hell you want to do that as well. That'd be cool. And
2: and they got to come on the pod. Oh, well, that's right. They got to come on the pod. But they'd want to do that. They'd want to be part of the homies. Definitely. Uh, Last one here. Uh, You asked on your Twitter profile a poll <laughs> is it okay for a grown man to do legos by himself and immediately i was like okay where does this come from i was like oh i know exactly where this comes from he was having a discussion with mike florio <laughs> on pro football talk and i guessed i was like mike was the lego guy well, you, I mean, you, know up, <laughs> you know it wasn't me you never brought up a love for legos uh but your homies 73% of them say it's it's fine for yeah, a grown man to do yeah. Legos
1: like all by himself. You disagree with that is what I'm guessing. <laughs> I, I do disagree. I do disagree. I, I appreciate my homies, though, having an open mind and not yes. being judgmental, as, yeah. as judgmental as I am, at least, about that. I, I yeah. thought it was going to be like 73.8 no and 26.2 yes, right? That's what I really We've thought. We've progressed as a society. We're I, we're letting live and let live, right? I, I, I guess so. I guess so. I guess, you know what? I got into thinking, and, and Forio said this today, it came to him because we brought it up. It, 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 like, you know, my first thing was almost like it's dollhouse-ish, yeah, right, sure. And I just can't see myself too, like, yeah, you know. I was like, man, I don't know. I'd feel like a child or whatever okay. if i was like working little rooms inside Ooh, let me make this intricate doorway All and right, whatever well, that's else a that's dist- where that's a distinction that's definitely <laughs> <I> added, <laughs> like okay I so know. if you're just building it like a puzzle like a puzzle is fine i like know. A, see a puzzle so, like, that's where i change my thoughts. so that's
2: the question though is is mike using the little caricatures and moving them around and having discussions with other
0: caricatures
1: i don't think he's going that far <laughs> he's not that bored in <laughs> west he's bored in, right. in West Virginia, yes. yeah but he's not that bored if yeah. he starts talking to himself and moving them around We need to find a new host. You better warm up for PFT Live.
2: (laughs) As uh, as Pete tells his toddlers, he goes, "Don't yuck someone else's yum," which Uh, is a at the dinner table. A good way, but it's a good yeah. It's if it's it's what he does. But I agree. If he is playing with the characters and having them talk to each other and have full conversation, you might need to check that.
1: Yeah, you might need to worry. Then you worry. Yeah, I think I'd rather do the puzzle than the Lego thing. I will say that. Okay. You know, and I have come around. Lego and then yeah, and then a lot of people did comment. It's therapeutic. That's why people do it. All that. So I get that. That's what a puzzle is, too. I might do a puzzle this summer. Okay. All right. It's one of those, like, I grew up going to the Jersey Shore with, like, you know, family, friends, whatever. We never had a house down there or anything. But it'd go down there. And a few of the, you know, there was always, like, big table. Exactly. Yeah. With a big puzzle on it. And, like, everyone, you know, at some point in the day would sit down and take a, oh, let me try to add to it a little here and there and yeah. here and there. And I always kind of thought that was a cool thing. So That's I might try idea. to do that. If you yeah. do that, I'll do that. Okay. I'll we'll get,
2: like, a big one. What's a big one, Pete? Is it, like, a 1,000? Is that a big one? Or are they even bigger now? A 1,000 is a good size. 2,000
1: yeah. is... I want it to take you, a long time. Yeah. Well, you should do a puzzle of Jared Goff. Oh, my gosh. And I'll yeah. do a puzzle of whoever the number one quarterback is on the list. Oh, who will that be? We'll find who out will that in be? what? Two more episodes. Two more episodes. We're coming down, coming down the home stretch. The homie stretch. That's right. All right, everybody. That's it. We did it. Now you got it. We're down to number eight when we start the next podcast. Okay? And it is getting good, and we're getting into superstar territory, and I would argue that we got there today really with uh, our guys in Stafford and Deshaun Watson. Hope everybody enjoyed the pod. Loving the interaction. Keep sending the questions. Again, you can challenge me. Ask me anything about going to detail, more things. Hey, here's one thing on the way out. Mm -hmm. You know, I said, hey, Kyler Murray, and hey, he gets yelled at for uh, acting the same way Tom Brady, right? had somebody in the building here go well hey wait didn't Tom Brady kind of earn the right to say some of that and I went you're exactly right I should explain that more Mm -hmm. you know there is that context to it right he's earned the right to be a jerk and an asshole and yell at the players you know sometimes when you haven't you, got the, you don't have the pelts on the horse or won enough games or done enough big things in the big moments. Guys don't want to hear that on the sideline. And I didn't differentiate in that, and so I'm self-scouting myself on the way out there. But hope everybody's good. Enjoy the weekend. Be safe out there. All right, everybody? Keep sending the questions. Hope you enjoyed the pod. Subscribe, rate, review. You know where to find us. Ahmed Farid, thanks for driving the ship as always. You the man. Morgan, you the lady. Clap it up. Clap it up.